Hello, and welcome to the Teaching in the City podcast series from the Center for Teaching Excellence and Innovation, also called City, at Rush University. Teaching in the City features conversations with faculty and staff on topics related to teaching and learning at one of the nation's leading academic medical centers. My name is Dr. Angela Solik, and I'm the director of City. It has been my own personal mission to help faculty become better educators, and leading City helps me on that mission. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Teaching in the City. Today, we are going to be exploring the idea of being vulnerable as an educator, specifically focused on trying new things in your teaching. And what comes with that tends to be feelings of anxiety, fear, kind of some uncertainty that comes with taking risks with your teaching. With me today, we have four lovely guests. We have Barbara Shaw, who is an assistant professor at the Rush University College of Nursing in the doctoral program for family nurse practitioners. We have Lisa Giarda, who is a part-time faculty member at Excelsior College. She teaches, teaches and designs courses in health sciences for graduate and undergraduate students. Next, we have Christina Fosbrink, who is a faculty member at California University of Pennsylvania in California, Pennsylvania. I had no idea there was such a place, but she teaches public speaking. And Lori Wartoko, who is an assistant professor of marketing at the University of Cincinnati Blue Ash College located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you all of you for agreeing to be with me today to talk about this and very important subject. The biggest reason for having a podcast about this is because it, in our line of work and what I do in teaching centers, it involves training faculty. And we have all witnessed a lot of emotions from faculty, especially when I teach them new strategies and new techniques when I'm training them. So the idea of change in the way that you teach is very scary, especially for people who have been doing things the same way for a very long time. So it's frightening, but change is really, really good. And students are expecting a lot more engagement now than they have ever in the past. So without further ado, we're gonna get into our first question. Our first question is, please tell me how long that you've been an educator and your experience with change in regard to your teaching, notably how you felt when it came to learning new things or learning to do things differently. First up, we have Lori. Well, hi. Um, so I come from the business world. Um, we love to refer to it as industry. And so I've been teaching at the University of Cincinnati Blue Ash College um, for about four years. I'm a tenure track faculty member, but um, prior to teaching at UCBA, I was an adjunct. And so I had um, I don't know, probably about six years of adjunct experience while I was working a full-time marketing director position. And so for me personally, I love change. Um, change to me is super exciting. I have seen um, things change in the marketing world and evolve and grow. And so for me, I love having that opportunity to be able to try new things. I like being able to test things with my students um, and to be able to 
hone my craft a little bit more. So as a marketing professor, it's a great opportunity for me to um, utilize the technology that's evolving, test it out with my students and be able to adapt at all times and be able to um, really have that work well within my teaching practices. Wonderful. Thank you, Lori. What about you, Barbara? Oh, gosh. Change. Yeah, well, um, you know, I feel like everything has changed with or become amplified with the pandemic, right? So the pivoting that we've had to do um, from the perspective of being a professor of, of nursing um, at Rush has been dizzying and at times really uh, overwhelming, really. But I, I love change. I, I embrace it. I just feel that in the past couple of years, it's been so, the, the, the um, rate of it being applied has been so intense and the separation from others using the technology has been quite intense. Mm -hmm. So it's been challenging, but when I get over my own fears about it, which are numerous, <laughs> and use it and use it well it's not only gratifying it's really energizing oh I like that word and I think I don't want anyone to mistake people who actually like change it doesn't mean we're not afraid <laughs> when doing it so I think that's one caveat I want to throw in there personally that I am also someone who really loves change but it it doesn't mean I'm not afraid while it's and happening I I think a certain amount of fear is okay and actually probably helpful. Agree, agreed, right? How about you, Lisa? What do you think? Um, I agree. I do agree. I'm all about change. I look at things very positively. Things are going to do better. But when you really don't know you, of course, you're going to doubt yourself, you know. And um, I've been in education on ground and online for over 15 years. So I'm, I'm a little more confident, of course, in what I'm doing. But, uh, you know, Prior to the pandemic, I luckily was online full time at that point. So, but all of a sudden, so much changed, and our students needed so much help. And I was doing, you know, I love professional development. So I was just researching more and more about what I could do to support and to, you know, at times I felt the instability of education. You know, we, I really didn't know where we would be going. So, Students needed so much support. I felt it was important to support them and whatever they needed to continue being successful because um, some of the students we have, you know, reoccurring depending on what courses we teach across the curriculum and or the program. And it's been more difficult to support students, but I think it's terrifying of what they need, what they don't need, well, you know, and just to continue the challenges, which increased mine. You know, I was more comfortable I was more concerned afraid whatever you know words you want to use but um, so far it's been you know trying to keep everyone you know with the unbalances in their family and mine was relatively the same because of the pandemic and teaching online and my business as usual you know what I mean I would do my thing you know on a weekly basis but all of a sudden the world out there you know outside that my inner circle changed so and that was what the, the tough part was. Yeah. Well, lastly, Christina, let's have you weigh in on this. 
I actually might be the black sheep of the group <laughs> because uh, I'm not a big fan of change and it's been difficult for me. Uh, I think the major changes are what really gets to me. And um, obviously uh, with us being in education and I've been in you know this field for almost 20 years and you know, you've seen it uh, just develop and just evolve over the years. My students are not even using lined paper anymore, which really bothers me. I'm very old school and, <laughs> and they and they kind of laugh at me about that. You know, but I think that the big the big changes are super difficult, uh, especially with the pandemic and how the change you know, the changes that were made when I was teaching on ground and then online and the back and forth, I think is really difficult to handle. I agree with everyone, you know, I think because there are so many amazing resources out there that adding more, you know, adding additional things, adding different things to our curriculum is important, but um, it's, it's been a, a struggle for me the past couple of years to really realize um, these students and the technology are so uh, really evolving and it's really something. So I'm not saying that I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say I stride, you know, kind of get away from it. But I think for me, it's just a, you know, the initial wanting to change everything has is, is been a little more difficult. Yeah, and I think that you're not, it's not uncommon to have that kind of feeling in higher education. I actually find myself meeting more people like you than like the rest of our group or like myself. So I think that it's really good that I had somebody in this group who doesn't really like change because I was I was scared at first. I'm like, oh no, is everybody excited for change? And then other people listening to this who are a little bit change averse or just more fearful of change wouldn't get what they need out of this podcast. So I think that you it's a good addition to have you in this group for sure. So for this next question, I want to know a little bit more about your own motivation to try different things. So what types of situations motivate you to explore new methods or new technologies? And Christina, we're going to have you start this one. And you know, what's interesting is that even though I just, you know, kind of went off about not being, you know, okay with change, I'm still so motivated to learn so much more. Um, I'm actually going for a second master's after going through the whole education. I've, I have all the other degrees and I just can't stop learning and learning, you know, to do what more I can do for my students. And, you know, this decision to, to go back, it really was, you know, pushed from the the pandemic and and everything that we had to go through to say, well, okay, wait a second. I think I need to learn more about how we can work online, how we can do different things. And because I teach public speaking, it's it's not the same anymore. It it isn't just getting up and you know speaking in front of the class. It's podcasting. It's video assignments. There's so much more to it. So I think that really what motivates me is to not just learn more for myself and how I can help the students, but really how to connect with the students on a whole different level right now and as, as everything evolves. I love that answer. That's really, really good. So Lori, how about you? I 100% agree with Christina. So, you know, I teach marketing and marketing is constantly evolving. And so um, the motivation that really, you know, is inherent with me is my students 
are, you know, changing. They're utilizing new technology. We are communicating with one another through um, different platforms. Like I get emails, um, which is great, but a lot of my students think that that's super old school. So we communicate via Twitter, which I love. Um, I love being able to really kind of step outside of my comfort zone and try new things. Um, I have to stay relevant. Um, and the minute I stay, you know, the minute I become unrelevant, that's when I, I lose my connection with my students. Um, we are in this digital age and technology is changing and it's emerging. And I want my experience students to experience that. And I wanna have the ability to experience that with them. Um, when we were all thrust online during the pandemic, um, it was really important for me to close that transactional distance between myself and my classroom with my students. I didn't want them to feel like they were on an island by themselves. So I needed to changed the way that I communicated with them, um, which, you know, ended up being my biggest motivator. That's awesome. I just feel so good right now about this talk. I, I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm getting warm fuzzies all over. <laughs> this is great stuff. Barbara, what do you have to add? Yeah, um, I think uh, that what Lori said was, Lori, right? I'm sorry. I yeah, know. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really terrific. Um, and I think that the pandemic from, I mean, I teach people who are used to interacting with people for their living uh, as nurse practitioners and nurses. And so the you, being able to utilize the technology in a way to make different kinds of connections with people to help them feel less isolated during this time has been especially um, useful. For instance, we have a new LMS where I'm working and now we're, um, it's much easier to give verbal feedback about um, assignments, which I think makes that distance between me and students just a little bit less. It makes me seem more like I'm actually a real person. Um, and so it, when there are ways that I can reach out to students that enhance my ability to connect, and enhances their ability to communicate. That's what gets me very excited. Love it. Lisa, what motivates you? First, um, I'm team Christina because I love change, but doesn't mean I want to jump into it real quick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it sounds great. I love professional development. I seek out, I'm a lifelong learner, seek out as much as I can, but then to actually do it, it takes you know, a little anxious, but um, there's multiple situations that really motivates me to make changes. Even my A students get distracted by everyday challenges, um, you know, with different learning styles, you're trying to, you know, to, to appease everybody. I have students saying, I'm a visual learner, you know, please show me what you want me to do. And that sometimes that gets a little difficult, but our, we have Canvas, um, our LMS that has great opportunities. You know, I'm nervous, but excited to add more activities to assist students and, you know, continue with professional development. And But there are so many new ideas out there, and I really hope to encompass them in future classes, especially focusing on retention right now, which, you know, I think is an important aspect to keep students and keep them motivated. And various 
different types of things to learn. And I think Barbara had said, um, and someone else about, we have a course that you can tweet it, you can podcast it, you can dum 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 dum, -dum so many different ways. And students are a little intimidated, but when they do it, they're like, wow, I had never done that. So that yeah, would work. It keeps them engaged. Like it, yes. when you get even them out of their comfort zone a little bit, it, it increases engagement because they're in that area of, this is difficult. This is different. I don't know. Oh my gosh. And, and so, you know, the everyday kind of humdrum stuff, I don't think engages them as much as being a little bit different and be a little bit challenging. So, so now we're actually going to be jumping into your own experiences. So the nitty gritty. All right. Can you tell me about a time? Oh my gosh, it sounds like I'm doing behavioral interviewing. <laughs> tell me about a time that you've tried something new but you were nervous or anxious or fearful about it and how it would turn out. So let us know. You are first, Lisa. All right. Um, like, like I'm sure many faculty think, anytime you're gonna initiate a change, even if I wrote that course and put that change in there, I'm still nervous to actually apply it. So um, I'm trying to get, I teach finance classes, classes that I did write. In this term, I'm teaching them and um, I try to, engage them more into, into understanding um, what the different concepts are and, and, and just a typical course, it just because it's finance doesn't change that. Um, but will, they, will, will my new idea and change, you know, that I add, engage them or confuse them or help them or hinder them? You know, you just never know how things are gonna be interpreted. So um, I do I have this tips and tricks, which kind of like breaks it down into announcements. And now I'm working on a show and tell which is kind of like a video type of thing, walking them through a basic budget or any type of assignment coming up. And, um, you know, that seems to really be helping so far. I, I hope to be more into it and more involved in that engagement. Um, I don't have any one-on-one -on -one time with them in a seminar or anything type of thing. So that's another way to connect, I think, with them. And my goal is just to coach them to understand their expectations, prior to submitting their assignment, um, being in graduate school a ton of times myself, there was, it was always that you turn in the assignment and you wait and hold your breath. You know, what was, yep. was to meet those expectations. And I just don't want my students to feel that anxiety level. So I want to make sure they know what to do prior. And that's what I continually try to do in the nitty gritty of, of, of them understanding and additional opportunities. Um, and I look forward to doing that more in other classes. Yeah, and you might know uh, with a student feedback at the end of your class, uh, maybe you'll know and get some feedback on that from your students. Absolutely, yes, I do. Yeah. And hopefully that they'll like it. Yes. Christina, how about you? Yeah, and you know, it, I agree with what Lisa said about, you know, any more details that we can give to the students, the better, it's from my experience. But, you know, something new I tried actually this semester is, um, and I'm going to give a shameless plug, I, uh, I read a book called Teach Like a Pirate. And I, uh, heard, I don't know if you've, you know, yes, it's a book. It's called Teach Like a Pirate. And uh, it's fascinating. There's a whole series and it gives you all kinds of different things that you can do in the classroom that um, is interesting, engaging to the students and still reinforces the lesson. And so I applied some of those to my class actually this semester, uh, what they, we played and the students loved it. We played Flip Cup and we I mean, non-alcoholic, but we did that and they, uh, the students had to flip the cup and they had to write um, 
part of, you know, the learning activity on the the board and or wherever. And it was really successful. So I, I think that's really where my nervousness came out for this semester, because I didn't know how some of these things were going to work. And, you know, a lot of the exercises in the book were really off, off rocker, but I tend to do stuff like, I, I mean, I'm a communications professor. You have to be a little off your rocker to, to teach speech in, in a fun way. And uh, so I tried a lot of different things. Um, some things did not work and some things did work very well, which I'll continue on. But I think it's that fear that we have, and maybe all of you can kind of relate to this, where you're trying something brand new out of your comfort zone a little bit more in the classroom and you don't know how it's going to go. You yeah. know, I, I have that a lot. I did that a lot this semester. I don't know what I was thinking. I just went all in and, uh, and, but you know, some of it worked out and some of it didn't, but um, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. We have that feel those feelings, you know? Yeah. That, those are really good lessons and just a testament awesome. to you just go with that fear, right? Just hold your breath. Yeah. I mean, my, my line paper did not go over well, but I'm going to continue <laughs> to do that. I don't care. I'm on that train. I was going to say that um, for my students, I don't think they even know what paper is anymore. <laughs> yes. Lined or not. It's like, yes, it's, Barbara. It's yes. It is, yes, or the computer or the iPad or their phone that they're taking notes on blew my mind. It's wild. So Lori, what do you have to add to this question? So I think it's funny that Christina mentioned that you have to be a little off your rocker um, because I feel that in my soul. Um, I feel like that's how every marketer is described and especially in the classroom, it's like, whoa. Um, I make my students uncomfortable because that's what marketers do, right? They um, push boundaries. And so what I think is, you know, kind of fun about, you know, things that we've tried this semester or, or you know, whenever we've tried them. Um, I teach a first year experience course and these are this course is basically um, an intro or a survey of business um, class that's in our pre-business program. It's primarily designed for incoming freshmen, um, but it's, it's a class that helps get our students familiar with our campus, gets them acclimated with resources that we have. And so um, I try to be fun. And so I, you know, pre-pandemic, because I feel like that's how we refer to everything, um, is pre-pandemic, uh, we would do a scavenger hunt the very first week of class. And they worked in teams and it was, you know, all about selfies because that's what we're all about. And so they would have a list of 10 things that they needed to work with their, their group on. They would have to take selfies like outside of the library, maybe outside of the writing lab, um, outside of my office. Uh, they had to take a picture with me, actually, um, as part of their assignment. So that way um, they knew where my office was, you know, for office hours and if they needed to connect with me. Um, I wanted them to have all of these vital resources because when we start school, um, I mean, if you think about like when you started classes, uh, you are drinking from a fire hose and there is so much information that is thrown at you. 
um, and especially in that first week. And so I wanted to make this activity um, fun. And then COVID hit, right? And I was like, how am I going to incorporate this activity online? Nobody is on Canvas, on campus, but I still want them to have that rich resource activity and continue to learn about the resources that they might overlook if they weren't you know, on campus. So I um, kind of got a little crazy and I was like, well, how about if I, I create a digital escape room? Um, I love escape rooms. My family loves escape rooms. We love um, being quote unquote locked in a room and having to solve puzzles in order to get out. And I thought, well, that would be a really great activity for me to implement into my classroom. I can do that with resources. Uh, I can design my own room and um, make it quirky just like me and add in pictures and elements um, and for them to solve puzzles and to actually figure out kind of the rhythm of the room. And um, I was so nervous, like I created it. I used pictures from our newly renovated um, classrooms within our, our lecture hall. Um, like it was so fun and fascinating in order to build this digital escape room that you know students had to work through in order to learn about their resources and I was so nervous um so I had like 15 people check it out before I launched it before the beginning of the semester and so I had a chance to work through some of those um you know kind of that that anxiousness a little bit like what if a link didn't work what if they couldn't access this information and and that happened so while I thought that my idea was super amazing and it was great and it was fun there were issues and it was a great learning opportunity for me to kind of um, find something that I thought would be fun and would close that transactional distance with my students um, and then when things like didn't go as I planned, it gave me an opportunity to rework it, um, to maybe um, not make things so difficult, uh, to kind of hone in on what my students were providing me with feedback, because as a marketer, we have to get feedback, right? And then we have to make changes. Um, so I was able to use that feedback and make changes and make a better experience for my students that came after that first semester when I rolled it out. So super awesome. fun, super exciting. Um, and yeah, that was, that was my crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's as crazy as you think. So super fun. Barbara, what about you? Well, well, first, I, I really appreciate everybody hearing everybody's experiences, especially from different disciplines. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you two examples. Um, one is, and it, it's really about applying stuff. And I, I appreciate what somebody said about the applying being the nerve wracking part. Um, one was that I had to completely rework a class and create a shell in um, this learning. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the yeah, you can say you can say canvas. Okay. Okay. canvas. okay, yeah, in Canvas, and it was so exciting, but so overwhelming. I think I just was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was I was excited, but also I couldn't take reasonable steps for it. I felt overwhelmed, and it was only with the support of um, my terrific 
instructional designer helper person that I was able to kind of take steps forward. And when I learned how to put it into small doable bites, um, it started to progress and I started to see what I was capable of doing. And a lot of what I wanted to do was to make it much more interactive. So that was, it was really exciting, but super challenging and anxiety provoking. I mean, I think I, I developed palpitations during that time. Um, but then another was just yesterday. Okay, so another, I created a day, an entire day for students in Zoom through Canvas with interactive um, games such as Kahoot. And I, again, it was just, I was really happy with the way it looked and I practiced and practiced and practiced it. But then there were, there were just some glitches technologically that, that almost threw me, but I felt like, I felt really proud of what we had come up with and how it looked. Um, and I think students appreciated it too, but it's just that the kind of gap between creating something that looks really terrific and the confidence about deploying that in a way that is gonna really work for people and that people really can get enthusiastic about and excited about. And so that is like, it's almost like we planned this, Barbara, but we didn't plan this, okay? But it's a great segue into our final question. And that's about advising other faculty members, right? Because we might have a lot of people listening right now who are like, I really, really want to do this. I want to try this new thing. I just can't, I just can't, or I don't have the time or I'm too nervous or whatever, or I love my 60 slide PowerPoints. <laughs> like, and so what advice do you have for those faculty members who are a little bit hesitant or maybe even not even willing to think about it, but what advice do you have for them? So Barbara, uh, since you, you just stopped talking, but I'm gonna ask you to talk again and be our first responder to this one. Okay, so gosh, I mean, if somebody is, kind of like set against you know like just resistant I suppose it's difficult to make a case for this but I think it ends up being as I said earlier really energizing to create different ways of interacting with people I mean the world is always changing and we change along with it and I think when we can change our ways of um, communicating our the the content that we want people to learn about it actually ends up being something that gives you energy, doesn't take away energy. The amount of time that it took to actually make some of these changes was not at all as daunting as I thought. So it may seem like a big ask or a big amount of work, but it, it really isn't. Um, it just takes a little time calming yourself down and saying, okay, you know, where is my own resistance coming from? And what could this really offer me um, and offer my students that would be helpful? So I think it's just, um, you know, realizing that we all, especially as educators, I think we owe it to ourselves and our students to try something new and to also be able to admit when things are, get a little bit goofy. Like yesterday I said to students, hey, we had some a few technological glitches, but I hope overall what you learned from this was valuable and something that you can really take with you. So it's the other part is just being accountable for that, right? You know, just being a human and saying, 
sometimes, you know, there are some glitches, but we'll, we move past it or we'll move past it and take away the bigger picture of what we've done here. Yeah. And one thing that you had said in your previous, with the previous question was uh, you use an instructional designer. And yes. I think faculty members tend to be a little bit resistant about getting help. You know, a lot of people are resistant about getting help. I'm stubborn as they come and asking for help is something difficult for me to do, but realize as educators that many times you do have support that's right there under your nose yeah. and that is valuable. Yeah. And I could not have made it without this person, honestly. I mean, she's been my cheerleader, my therapist, <laughs> my like everything, because there were moments when I just felt like, oh my God, I, with the, with the entire course change, um, mm -hmm. where I felt, oh gosh, I, mm, I don't know if I'm up to this. And she was like, yes, you are. And look what you've done. And, you know, every time I got a little bit more confident and was able to take another step forward. And you can give that person a plug if you would like to mention who that is. Lynette Washington, you're the bomb. <laughs> Go Lynette. All right, so Christina, what do you think about uh, advising other faculty? I agree 100% with what Barbara was saying. Uh, I, you know, I know I mentioned in the beginning that uh, I'm not a fan of change. Uh, however, I kind of feel like the age of technology is so fast right now and there are so many different things popping up and so I would say to even myself 20 years ago I would have said you know to be open to the idea that technology really can help you and you can do so many wonderful things to help engage your students more I would suggest if you know you have some nervousness and anxiety about implementing some new things into your curriculum, I would say baby steps and just, you know, take it a step at a time. I think, you know, after the pandemic or during the pandemic, I, I feel like I kind of threw myself and had all these ideas and, and tried to use all of them. And I feel like maybe I should have eased in a little bit more. So I would say that, uh, you know, embrace the technology a hundred percent because that's, you know, it's a good positive and negative, but a lot of the students are really looking at technology and how they can use any electronic device um, to help with their schoolwork. Thank you, Christina. How about you, Lori? So I am a true and firm believer in relationships. And it's like Barbara talked about, we have resources that are at our fingertips and our most um, bountiful resource that we have is each other. And so I think that that is super important to think about as we um, kind of think about moving forward and growing and evolving that is it scary? Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, but when you feel stuck, I think it's important to know that you're not alone. You have a wealth of resources um, at your fingertips. And those, you know, are our, our colleagues. Um, they are students. And, you know, and it's okay to make mistakes. I mean, that's how we learn. It's what we tell our, our students all the time. Um, and we don't practice it very often as educators. So, 
when we are stepping outside of our, our comfort zones and we're trying something new, I think it's important to know that there are so many people that have our backs. Like I know after this, you know, this podcast that I have, you know, four different women that I can talk to, right? And that's huge. Um, and I love that because I have, you know, four other women that I can talk to and bounce ideas off of and say, hey, how do you, how would you work this scenario? Um, and I would get a plethora of information and support back. So I think um, that the relationship aspect is really important to think about, um, you know, when, when we feel stuck. And then, you know, once we've kind of broken through that plateau, um, that we do the most educator thing possible and we write a paper on it and we present it for other people to, to hear and to learn from. Yeah. And that's like such an important point that I want to tell everyone listening and everyone in this group, there's just not enough research out there about faculty trying new things and how did it work? It, not everything has to be this super uber scientific breakthrough study that you know gets a, a an award, right? It's like real educators need real ideas and providing that kind of research for my faculty is important to me. And when I'm feeling like, gosh, why isn't anybody publishing about this stuff? More people need to publish about improving their teaching. So I'm putting that plug out there too um, for that, Lori. Now, our final response comes from Lisa. Lisa, what do you have to say? Um, it's just been so enlightening speaking with all you lovely educators. And I've really learned a lot and know that we're not alone. And that I think that's an important thing. I just say, go for it. Baby steps if you're okay, but you won't know if you don't try. And, um, you know, understand where your students are, meet them halfway at least. And, um, you know, being anxious is normal. Being anxious is normal since you only want to do your best. You don't want to certainly hinder anybody in the process of their learning journey. But, um, and I'm currently working on webinar to do this, try to personalize classes at Excelsior College. And I'm going to shamelessly plug my faculty program directors and undergraduate and graduate health sciences, uh, Lisa Rappel and Anna Zendel. Um, there are people out there, reach out to those um, in your school, because there really are people there that are, are supporting you more than you probably even realize. And without them and throwing ideas off of them and creating curriculum with them and having fascinating instructional designers that do all the fancy tricks and, you know, basically make your ideas alive are just awesome, like uh, Barbara said. So, yeah, do the best, yeah. do the best you can. This was awesome. This was fantastic uh, for us to be able to talk about this. And one of the things, the final thoughts that I would like to throw out there is so many of you, all of you mentioned learning something new all the time and as often as possible. That's not possible if you're not putting yourself in those situations to learn something new as an educator. So whether you have professional development on your campus, seek it out, attend them, right? If you have the ability to attend teaching conferences, not just research-based conferences, but teaching conferences where you learn those practical ideas, the cool ideas, like how to make a digital escape room, right? How to do the coolest things in Canvas. All of those things are covered at conferences. So put yourself in those situations, network with other educators, just like we are doing right now. And that's where you find your people. 
and you find those people that want to be better teachers. And that's how you become a better teacher. So thank you, all of you. I really appreciate your time today and helping us at Rush University. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Teaching in the City. This podcast is produced by the Center for Teaching Excellence and Innovation at Rush University. To learn more about City and to find additional resources and events on teaching and learning at Rush, search for CTEI Rush in your web browser or find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts.